Hey there and welcome to the We Move Thoughts on series and this time we're focusing on breathwork and referencing Brian McKenzie's podcast with us, Breath is Life. And there's a guy that we've met on this breath journey who we've connected with various people and we actually connected uh, this guy with Brian because we felt they they shared uh, really similar uh, experiences and ideas and re- really questing out on breath practice. So we, we link them together. And the guy that we're speaking to today is Leo Daniel, and he was our third, uh, yeah, our third podcast that we ever did. Uh, now, Leo is now a, and was becoming at the time a health and breathing specialist because his journey has taken him from uh, a 16-year-old or late teens not being able to walk the length of a football field without having a chronic asthma attack and being on various steroid inhalers, etc., like the traditional way of dealing with asthma. His mum introduced him to the Boutico method, having read an article in the local paper, and that transformed his being and his health so much so that within a few years he was asthma-free and not needing any man-made medication, all by using breath. And now he's taking what he's developed and learnt and, and really experienced firsthand and combining it with this resurgence in in breathing, as well as the overall theme, which is looking after the health. So we wanted to ask Leo a few questions that people might have when they feel that they should be doing breath work but aren't necessarily sure of where to start. There are various methods, there are various people saying different uh, different things with different ideas. But Leo, like Brian, really feels like they come into the centre. It's non-dogmatic, it's uh, principle-based and sort of science-backed uh, data and knowledge so here's leo answering uh, three or four questions from from us and it should give you a, a, a way into breath work um, and if you want to follow him he is at i am leo daniel on instagram and his website is thehealthperformancecoach.com and he's based in ireland and does make uh, appearances in the uk and we will Definitely at We Move, be hearing more from Leo. So listen, enjoy, and yeah, see where it takes you. Leo, you've trained in both Patrick McEwen's Oxygen Advantage Breath Practice, uh, which is based on the Boutico method, and also the Wim Hof method. Can you describe the differences in these two methods and when one becomes more preferable over the other? So... There's actually three methods involved there. There's the Wim Hof method, the Boutiquio, and the Oxygen Advantage. Now, I'm going to answer those questions. I'm going to break it down a little bit into what it is, their purpose, their history, when to use it, and when not to use it, because I think that's all really, really important. So to give you a bit of background, yes, I'm Oxygen Advantage um, instructor. I'm also one of their master instructors. I have my Boutiquio qualifications, a diploma in Boutiquio, and I just recently qualified as a Wim Hof instructor. And this question always grinds my gears <laughs> because 
it's one that's so misunderstood between the three methods. So what actually happens in the method is obviously very, very different between OA Boutique and Wim Hof. But the ultimate result can be the same. So you can use two different methods to take you to the one place. The question is, is which method is right for which person and at what time of their life and at what time of the day as well. So let me give you an example. Um, Wim Hof is obviously very well associated with cold exposure training. But did you know that Dr. Boutique also promoted cold exposure training? So in his earlier books, he said that when people get healthy, and it says, in his opinion, it was when his control paws got above 40, that he would recommend them to take off their shoes and socks and get outdoors and start grounding their feet and start getting into cold showers and experiences, experiencing cold showers in order to boost their immune system. And it also helped to boost their, um, their breathing scores as well. So I always found that one fascinating because... Boutique being Ukrainian-Russian and Wim Hof being uh, Dutch and actually came to the same conclusions in terms of what's needed here is breath, mindset and gradual cold exposure. So what are the methods and what's the difference? Boutique for me it's rehab breathing so it's about getting your lungs back in working order and by getting your lungs back in working order then you will influence uh, your whole nervous system and your whole immune system. Its purpose then is to rectify dysfunctional breathing patterns um, because in his opinion, in Dr. Patiko's opinion, uh, most modern diseases are a host of syndromes and the underlying disease is actually overbreathing. So asthma is not a disease in his books, um, but rather it was a combination of a load of different syndromes uh, brought together. Instead, what's at the heart of the matter is overbreathing or chronic hyperventilation. For Wim Hof, I call it like a resonance breathing or a high intensity interval breathing session. So it was really important to know that the breathing has never been studied in and on its own to any significant factor, but has always been combined with the mindset work in the Wim Hof method and the cold exposure training. And that's where the beauty of that method lies. Uh, when the method is brought together, it has been used to decrease inflammation and control the mind. Now, if you think decrease in inflammation, what that involves is controlling your nervous system and balancing your immune system, uh, which again, you can see how there's a lot of benefits uh, to the modern person when you do that. Uh, they're looking at anecdotal evidence that it improves everything from rheumatoid arthritis to depression to bipolar disease um, to, to cardiovascular disease in particular. Uh, so again, they're going after a whole host of modern disease and ailments by combining a particular breathing technique with cold exposure training and mindset. The Oxygen Advantage breathing training is built upon the Boutique method, but it is targeted as performance for sport. So the purpose of it really is about preparing your lungs and your breathing for all sport. Um, and that's really what the oxygen advantage is about they don't go into the medical side of things they don't they don't particularly want to go there um they, they're more marketed and more targeted towards sports breathing 
the idea of or the, the history of the oxygen advantage is that it was designed by Patrick McKeown, who was a teacher of mine, uh, in both Boutique and an oxygen advantage. And they get all the benefits of the Boutique method and functional breathing, but they're translated across for the purpose of sports performance. So their goal there is to make you a great athlete through better breathing practices. The the basis of the Oxygen Advantage program is that it is um, calm breathing and there's a lot of exhale hold breathing techniques. Um, and by doing that, you will uh, restore functional breathing patterns and you'll optimize your breathing for sport. The important thing when not to do it is with people with high blood pressure, if you're pregnant as a lady or epileptic um, because of the physiology requirements on it. The Boutico method, uh, discovered by Dr. Boutico back in the 1950s, he used it to initially overcome his own high blood pressure, uh, but it's most famously tested with asthma, which kind of makes sense because it's a disease of the lungs, right? Uh, And it was refined to normalize breathing patterns and cure chronic hyperventilation syndrome. So if you go back to De Costa's theory, who is a psychologist way back in the 1800s, he associated over 150 different diseases to chronic hyperventilation. Everything from uh, high blood pressure to depression to uh, anxiety and panic, asthma, uh, sinusitis, rhinitis, a whole, a whole host of multi-system diseases. And when you normalize your breathing patterns, Dr. Boutico said that you will get rid of all of those syndromes or you get rid of all those symptoms of the overbreathing. Uh, it really is the foundation breathing practice, in my opinion. Um, when to do it, just be careful if you're doing it with uh, very high or severe symptoms. I don't recommend that you do it. Rather, I recommend that you hire a coach or a teacher and show you how to do it very properly. <laughs> it's not one to be used straight from the book. Wim Hof then, that was discovered by Wim Hof and he used it to overcome his own depression after his wife committed suicide way back in the mid-1990s. Uh, and what he did was he got this calling from the from nature to get into an icy river. And when he got into the icy river, he noticed how his breathing pattern changed. So then he combined that breathing pattern with all of his esoteric practices and all of his research that he had done into different philosophies in the world from uh, Tibet, from uh, India and yoga practices, from Japan, uh, from psychology. And he started to piece together this breathing method and combine it with cold training. And that led to uh, over 26 Guinness World Records. And then in more recent years, they've begun to test the medical benefits of the method. So in the last 12 years, they've begun to understand its role, particularly in the treatment of chronic inflammatory diseases and how inflammation plays a role in many diseases of the modern uh, um, of modern people. So you can see why actually... You can see how the the purpose, the the ultimate vision of both Dr. Boutique and William Hoff come together in that one is coming at it from a chronic inflammatory disease and and the perspective of the mind and the other one is coming at it from the perspective of the body. But they both feel that the answers lie within you uh, for you to become whole and for you to uh, get rid of disease essentially. 
Wim Hof is used well when you're uh, for general health, uh, for increasing energy, for improving mental health, and for improving thermogenesis or your heat regulation, uh, your cardiovascular system in your body. So it's good for dealing with the cold, but also dealing with the heat. It's really important not to use uh, the Wim Hof method when you have Raynaud's disease or you're pregnant. Please don't do that. And if you've really been through a lot of trauma in your life, I would suggest that you use a coach um, or an instructor who's experienced and qualified to take you through the method uh, because it can be very potent and take you to places you may not want to go very, very quickly. On the other hand, it may take you to places where you want to go. <laughs> um, and that can always be a good thing, but the, the, the reality is, is you don't know where the breath is going to take you. So it's always good to listen to your body, uh, to be gentle with your body, and uh, then to get that expertise and guidance if you need it. So breath directly influences the autonomic nervous system. Why is it important to know this and what are the benefits in knowing how to influence the autonomic nervous system? Yes, the breath does directly control the autonomic nervous system, which sounds counterintuitive because autonomic means that it's self-regulated. But Wim Hof has proved that in the last five, six years that actually uh, we can control it. And now the mechanisms of how we control it are becoming apparent, not just through the Wim Hof method, but through many researchers uh, throughout the world. Um. There are only a very few activities that we can do that influence the autonomic nervous system, especially in states of high stress, where we are in that flight or flight mode and we need to get ourselves out of it, whether that's a chronic uh, low grade fight or flight or whether that's a acute high grade fight or flight. In other words, whether you're fighting that lion or whether you're on your desktop computer and uh, got deadlines to meet and work to do. Um, and you're working 90-hour work weeks. As I said, there's a few activities that take you there. Um, vision, thinking, smiling, posing are all ones that come to mind. And when you combine these strategies together, it brings the, the whole practice to a whole new level. But for me, it appears that the breath is the linchpin to hold all these practices together. In other words, it's the, the main controller. And when you get a hold of that, all the others fall into place. Whereas if you start with something like thinking, um, sometimes you can't think clearly uh, when you're in a high stress state. So that thinking brain is shut down. The best example is probably, you know, that instance where you're looking for your car keys and you can't find them anywhere. And you're like, where's my keys, man? Where, where are my keys? And they're right in front of you. They're literally under your nose the whole time. And that's uh, something that happens that I teach people regularly is actually just when you're when you're in that state, just breathe, man. Just just take a few conscious breaths, uh, two minutes worth of breathing, and all of a sudden that thinking brain will open straight back up, and you'll be able to find those keys pretty quickly. So there's a couple of things that breathing does to help control the autonomic nervous system. So there's different ways of looking at this we can look at it from a physiological point of view from a ventilation point of view a speed and tempo point of view um when we look at breathing so from physiology pretty much when you lower your co2 in your system in your blood this is registered by your brain 
And as a result, your brain starts to secrete adrenaline and drop into that fight or flight mode. Pretty much what happens when you increase CO2, the opposite happens, uh, your brain calms down. So there was research done in Trinity College in Dublin, Ireland, uh, back in 2017. And the researcher found the exact point in the brain where your breath is uh, connected with your thinking brain. And as your, your breathing patterns changed, so did your thought patterns. And the measurement that they used to assess this was actually dilation of the pupils, so dilation of your eyes. And what the, the, the way they measure that is that they have a, a laser, for want of a better word, that focuses in on your eyes and it measures the diameter of your pupil. So what's known in research is that the more dilated your pupils get, uh, pretty much you activate that sympathetic nervous system and you start secreting adrenaline. And they have it down to a few hundredths of a second is how sensitive it is. So it's really sensitive. Um, What they can see is that as you lower those CO2 levels, that your eyes, uh, your pupils start to dilate and you start to secrete adrenaline straight away. So that's fascinating from a physiological point of view. Uh, from event choice, we know that when you nose breathe, you will drop into a more parasympathetic state and mouth breathing a more sympathetic. From a speed point of view, <laughs> a fast big breath will lower uh, coherence. So it will lower HRV. So what that means is that it will send your your heart and your brain waves into massive stress or a sympathetic state and uh, you'll start secreting adrenaline. Whereas a slow extended breath will improve coherence of brain waves and hrv and drop you into that parasympathetic state what are the big benefits of doing all this of controlling our nervous system well pretty much when we control our nervous system we control our body so we can think clearly we can be more creative our immune system improves we've better heat regulation we can stay more calm we can stay in more control of our thoughts we have more energy and we basically have a bigger faster punch when we need to use it so when we do need to drop the gear and put a foot on our accelerator uh, we have that access to those systems when we need it as opposed to always riding around in fifth gear in your car and then all of a sudden you need to accelerate but your revs are too low and you uh you don't actually get that acceleration that you need Breathing techniques can be used to access deep levels of consciousness, even releasing um, deep-held trauma. If this is something that the listeners want to explore, in your opinion, is there a safe breath practice that allows uh, them to go layer by layer into these depths rather than unintentionally straight to the center and finding themselves somewhere they weren't expecting? And further to this, is there anything else you feel is really important to add to this topic of breath and breath work? (laughs) In a word, no. So if the listener wants to explore deep levels of consciousness, can they go there layer by layer, use breathing? No is my answer. (laughs) And what I mean by that is because people who want to go to those deep levels 
are going to find the breathing techniques that take them there. Now, can they use those particular breathing techniques gently in order to take them there little by little? And the answer is no. However, can they use other breathing techniques um, to peel back the layers of the onion uh, to reveal deeper layers of themselves without needing to go straight to the core? The answer is yes. I know there's a fine line between that definition, so let me think of a better way of saying it. If you're after deep levels of consciousness, <coughs> any breathing technique you can use when used well will take you there within seconds to minutes if you really know how to use it. Whether that's a very relaxed meditative technique that you know how to use or whether it's a very fast and heavy technique that you know how to use. The problem arises when you use a technique, you don't really know how to use it, um, but it takes you there anyway. Uh, that happens more with the bigger, faster um, techniques. So a slow meditative practice can peel back the layers little by little by little, but you're not really doing them to access deep levels of consciousness. You're just doing them to feel a little bit better. You're doing them. Uh, it's a practice over time. It's a consistency of doing them every day for two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. That's where the beauty of those methods lie. But if you're going to go into a practice for five, 10, 15, 20 minutes, even an hour long or three hours long, then all of those techniques will take you there very very quickly, um, very quickly. So part of your question says, can I get to those deep levels of consciousness and even release trauma? Releasing trauma is a part of getting to deep levels of consciousness. So for us to become whole, we need to become at ease with our life and everything that's happened to us whether that's childhood trauma, and it might be something normal, just we interpret as children that it was crazy and difficult, like being a second child. <laughs> or it might be something a lot more serious, like um, you're physically abused, mentally abused, or sexually abused. And you have to come to terms with that. So when you do these deep levels of practice, whether it's plant medicine, whether it's drugs, or whether it's breath practice, and you want to enter those deep levels of consciousness, you have to deal with the trauma. Deal is a bad word. You have to go into the trauma. You have to experience the feelings of it, and you have to be able to learn to relax in the midst of the pain. When you do that, you will go through to the other side. You'll go beyond the trauma, beyond the fear, beyond the pain, and you will have a whole new set of eyes that you view the experience with. That's really important to know because trauma isn't a, uh, for me, it's not a negative thing. It is, the, the only negativity comes when you go into it and then you run back away from it. When, when you try to access it and then you run away. What happens there is actually that the memory and the feelings get exponentially bigger and it will impact your life a lot more. So once you, like in the matrix, once you take that blue pill, there's, there is no going back. So once you open that door through breath practice, there is no going back to run away from it. You have to learn how to sit with it. Um, otherwise, it's going to cause you all sorts of 
trouble in life. The important thing to know is that pretty much any breathing practice can take you there. Um, but as I said, the bigger, faster breaths will take you there way more quickly than slower, more relaxed and more frequent sessions, if that makes sense. If you do want to go there, uh, I think it's really important that if you're completely inexperienced with breath practice and with going there in yourself, that you should have a facilitator there. Um, because lots of things impact how that session goes. Everything from your environment, the, the temperature, the music, the people around you, uh, whether you're in nature, whether you're inside, whether um, there's a good energy in that place or whether that place, whether a lot of people have experienced hurt in that place. Um, so all these things factor into the breath practice. The teacher factors into it massively as well. So I really recommend that you get a facilitator that's experienced in this work and is able to help you to go deep into those levels and stay there and bring you through those levels to the other side. As general guidance for someone new to breathing practices and breath work, where would you recommend the, ble the best place to start? If I want to start a breath practice on my own, where would I begin? Really comes down to what are your goals. So where are you in your life? Do you have a respiratory disease? Do you have a, another disease of the body? Are you using it for sports performance? Are you using it for human performance? Um, are you using it to do some cool stuff like jump in the ice? Um, or are you using it just to become more whole and know a little bit more of yourself? Um, so you got to answer all those questions is why am I here and what am I doing? But let's just say I know nothing else but other than a person approaching me and says, hey, where should I start? My basis then would be the physical body. So I would learn how to use my breath first for the benefits of the physical body. In other words, the physiology and the mechanics of the body. What that means, I'd start with the boutique method or the oxygen advantage if they wanted, if they had no disease. Uh, or I'd start with some slow tempo breathing, like coherent breathing methods. Or I'd start with some light pranayama. But I would stay away from any of the heavier breathing practices where it's mouth breathing and bigger and faster breathing. If you wanted one technique, how to uh, start, I would say start with nose breathing all day, all night. Find a way to do that and, um, and begin to reduce your breathing. So take a little bit less air in. Uh, once you do that, that's a game changer within, within hours actually. Then if I wanted to go a little bit deeper, I would, of course, find a teacher and a coach that would take me on that deep dive nice and safely uh, if that's where I wanted to go.